welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 903. Plea didn't request a different meeting time with the Mayor Alvaron. He asked, you came. That was the way of things. Stapes, I said as gently as I could, look at me. Smell me. I've come 300 miles in the last span of days. I'm not going to go strolling in a garden covered in road dust and reeking like a barbarian. Stapes' mouth firmed into a frown. I'll tell him you're otherwise occupied. More steaming buckets arrive. Tell him the truth, Stapes, I said as I began to unbutton my shirt. I'm sure he'll understand. After I was scrubbed, brushed, and properly dressed, I sent the mayor my golden ring and a card that said, Private conversation at your earliest convenience. Within an hour, a runner returned with a card from the mayor saying, Await my summons. I waited. I sent a runner to fetch dinner, then waited the rest of the evening. The following day passed without any further message, and because I didn't know when Alvaron's summons might come, I was effectively trapped in my rooms again, waiting for his ring. It was nice to have time to catch up on my sleep and have a second bath, but I was worried about the news from Levenshire catching up with me. The fact that I couldn't make my way down to Severin Low to look for Denna was a vast irritation as well. It was the sort of silent rebuke all too common in courtly settings. The mayor's message was clear. When I call, you come. My terms or not at all. It was childish in the way only the nobility can be. Still, there was nothing to be done. So I sent my silver ring to Brayden. He arrived in time to share supper with me and caught me up on the season's worth of gossip I'd missed. Court rumor can be terribly insipid stuff, but Brayden skimmed the cream off the top for me. Most of it centered around the mayor's whirlwind courtship and marriage to the lackless heir. They were besotted with each other, apparently. Many suspected a child might already be on the way. The royal court in Renair was busy too. The prince regent, Elitis, had been killed in a duel, sending much of the southern feral into chaos as various nobility did their best to capitalize on the death of such a highly ranked member of the court. There were rumors, too. The mayor's men had taken care of some bandits off in a remote piece of the Eld. They'd been waylaying tax collectors, apparently. There was grumbling in the north, where folk had had to suffer a second visit from the mayor's collectors, but at least the roads were clear again, and those responsible were dead. That's the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. There's a lot of courtly intrigue that we are not privy to. I don't think we've heard much, if anything, about Rainier, let alone the Prince Regent Alatus. I guess I am assuming that Rainier is the capital city of Vintus. Oh, that's quite an assumption. Let me look at the map. Because there are lots of like principalities and stuff that... Uh, uh, I might be wrong about this. Yeah, Renair is in Vintus. And it is, in fact, the, the only city, uh, not the only one, Tinue is there, but we don't get Severin on the map. We only get Renair. So ostensibly, Renair is... there's a little dot. There's two little dots. One is one of them is marked Renair, and the other one is just a dot. It's not if marked. It, I think if it was a city, it would be marked. Like, it would have a name next to it. All the other cities do. Yeah, we might crack open the 10th anniversary version of uh, of Name of the Wind, which actually I think has a more detailed map. Uh, yes, just a moment, please. 
All right. Well, while Jordana <laughs> is doing that, uh, I think that what that detail about the Prince Regent dying in a duel, if it is serving any function beyond just being a fun piece of gossip that leads up to a piece of gossip that is significant, which is that quotes exploits fighting bandits have made it into the court gossip. The, the thing that the Prince Regent tidbit might be setting up is the first domino in the chain of events that leads to the war that's happening in the frame narrative, right? It could, that could be the Archduke of, you know, Austria, Hungary getting shot. I, I think so. I think it's a version of that. I think there's been a little bit of evidence that there's, a fair bit of moving and shaking happening outside of Quoth's vision around the the throne. And it bears mentioning that it was tossed off that Ambrose is like, what, 17th in line or something like that. So low enough that we can just think that he's boasting, but maybe if enough dom- dominoes fall, we actually get Andros within spitting range of the, uh, of the throne, which is interesting. And uh, I think I, I agree with you, Jeremy, that it's, it's a domino. And it's one of those things that we can just write off as like Brayden gossiping. When, in fact, it is perhaps far more important. Um, there are so many freaking pages in this book. Well, as I recall, the map is at the beginning. Oh, I'm looking at it. It just, it's also, um, the, so the map, it's its not the same. It's like, it's turned differently. Um, but that other little dot, it was Severin, because it is marked on this map as Severin. So, ha. Okay. You don't say. Also, the shape of the lakes is slightly different, and it bothers me. Take it up with the cartographer. I might. Jordana, you know that map, um, the coastlines on maps are never accurate, right? It's not a coastline. It's a. It's like a. It's like a lake. Well, the coastline of the lake, same in the real world. The coastlines of lakes are never accurate on maps. You're not accurate on a map. Wow. Uh, probably true for the same reason. Is it because they're always changing and moving because water does that sometimes? No, it's because you can never uh, get a minute enough measure. You can always measure uh, more uh, and get a even more minute reading. So it's impossible to accurately reflect it in a map. Hmm. Getting back to the page. I No. That, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fair enough. Let's apparently. talk about superhero movies some more. <laughs> so on the previous page, we kind of talked about whether... Quoth is making the right call here by saying I can't go see the mayor and on this page we kind of see him like firm that decision up with Stapes and I think he's right I think he's right when he says look at me smell me like he's not going to want to talk to me like this he's not going to want to be seen in public with someone who looks and smells the way I do right now I think where he makes a mistake is tell him the truth Stapes I'm sure he'll understand I don't know. I think it would be worse to say he's otherwise occupied, which implies that he's like doing something that's more important than seeing the mayor. I still think that the right thing to do would have been to gone to the mayor stinking. And then at least the mayor would have like said, don't show up like this again. And he would have gone, well, you know, I I showed my loyalty by showing up. I went immediately when summoned, despite the fact that I looked this way. Maybe he would have made me go change and he would have made me wait around then. But at least I would have uh, not said no to him. I think that this is a no-win scenario. I, I think so, too. Ultimately, I think this is part of the game the mayor plays intentionally or not. And then, like, he is being such a passive-aggressive little baby when he it then keeps both waiting for, like, three days just to, like, show that he can do that. It's like, you think you can tell me that I need to wait for you? You're going to have to wait for me. Me, me, me. 
it's like maddening. And Quoth is like, on the page at least, Quoth is pretty sanguine about it. In, in that, like, well, what can what can you do? This he's rich and powerful, and he has more power than me in this situation. There's nothing I can do about it. I just have to wait for him to get tired of being a baby. Yes. To a certain degree, I think that's just what life is like when you live under an aristocracy and you're not an aristocrat. Like, it it doesn't. Quoth doesn't get too into it into this scene, but he does get into it elsewhere and other characters get into it elsewhere that like at a certain point when you're an aristocrat and you have this much power over other people's lives you can do like there are no consequences for you you can do you can treat other people like garbage and they can't do shit about it because you are as far as society is concerned superior to them in every way like you matter more than they do that's a theme that's come up before especially in a lot of the university stuff where the where Quoth's friends are trying to explain to him like don't keep poking the bear that is ambrose jackis you don't fully understand how dangerous he can be to you and and you don't you haven't come to terms with the fact that there are some things in this world that you just can't oppose or can't it's not worth your trouble to try and fight them because you're not going to be able to win and i think this is in miniature an example of that phenomenon i concur jordana do you have anything you wanted to bring up on this page um i think i'm all out of notes I got really distracted by that whole extra dot on the map. I'm just looking at, I'm trying to see if there's anything worth talking about with the um, the rumors. Besides the, the Prince region, of course, there's the rumor about Quoth's band. The mayor's men had taken care of some bandits in a remote piece of the Eld. The only other piece is uh, the mayor's whirlwind courtship and marriage. They were besotted with each other, comma, apparently, is an interesting sentence to me. Because Quoth knows that, you know, they weren't, at least when he was around, they weren't besotted with each other because Quoth was doing a Cyrano de Bergerac and writing all the letters. And like the mayor, as Nick pointed out, does not seem totally genuine in his affection for her. Uh, And she did not come off as particularly affectionate towards him. So what, like... On the one hand, that's just kind of Quoth making an ironic aside about like, yes, they were besotted with each other, apparently, because I wrote all those love letters. No one's talking about that because they don't know that. But it could also serve to signify to us that to remind us that this might just be a marriage of convenience and that maybe the rumors of like a child already being on the way, you know, that could be to be to like legitimize a bastard. You know, maybe she got knocked up before she and the mayor got together. And this is them legitimizing that baby as the mayor's rather than somebody else's. Well, the mayor would need an heir anyway, so that would be a win-win. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying, like, there could be some some undercurrent to that rumor that will become important later. And we can only make guesses at this point because all we have to go on is what we already know about the mayor and Mellow and Lackless and what Quoth knows about their relationship. I think if anything, they are playing the part well, like whether or not they actually are besotted with each other. And I'm inclined to believe that it's purely a political uh, and strategic alliance. Uh, I, I think they are good at playing the part and like getting the rumor spread that they are besotted with one another and that they, you know, are arm in arm and, and seen often together. Also, it really wouldn't be hard just to like get the right courtiers, just like get Stapes to say to the few people like, oh, yes, they're very happy, very much in love with each other for that to become the truth. Yep, mm-hmm. I see it. I'm in. I'm reminded of uh, the relationship in 
House of Cards. I'm reminded of the relationship with House of Cards where they like have a clear amount of respect for one another, but they don't have a romantic relationship because the whole thing is based on their mutual need for power. There's a lot to unpack in that relationship between those two characters because I think the the viewer is always meant to be wondering in that case how much of their relationship is genuine affection and how much of it is two power hungry people seeing each other as uh, avenues to further power and I think that's a question that the show is constantly kind of asking you to ask uh, and that is an interesting question to ask about Mellow and Lackless and um, Mayor Alvaron because like arranged marriages and marriages of like political convenience are a thing that happens and historically happened all the time. And at the same time, many of those relationships that were politically convenient were also deeply romantic. And the people who were involved did end up caring about each other a great deal. Sometimes which one comes before the other is, you know, an open question. So we'll never know. We just know that, uh, Napoleon did not want his wife to to bathe before he got home. Is that true? Or I mean, as as true as any story about Napoleon can be, I, mean, I suppose. It's true because we have the letter he wrote her where he's like, I will be home in three days. Don't bathe. That's awesome. Yeah. That My rocks. man was horny. My man was horny. Napoleon, a horny freak. Like, yeah, we horny. love to see it. <laughs> Few people have been as horny on Maine as Napoleon. Although I guess he was horny in the DMs. It was a letter to his wife. It wasn't like posted in the public square in Paris. No, but he must have known his correspondence would be of uh, interest to historians. That just raises the disturbing question of uh, any of our DMs becoming public after our death. Oh, I mean, certainly. Like, I don't think there's any chance that uh, any of us can reasonably expect expect privacy in our DMs. I guess I'll be dead before you all know the the horrible truth about me. And uh, you'll have to wait until that time for tomorrow's page. Uh... Unless he gets subpoenaed. The wind.